Welcome to Northgate Bible Chapel Online. Thanks for checking out our podcast, where you can listen to our latest sermons, filled with teaching, encouragement, and hope from God's Word. So whether you're outdoors, in the car, or just poured some coffee, let's dive into today's message. All right, good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. Uh, it's good to be with you all this morning. Um, we've got a little bit lighter crowd than usual. I'm sure a lot of people are traveling, but it's good to see you all. And I'm sure that um, there'll be more people listening online uh, in the future. So good morning to you, wherever you are. Um, <coughs> again, I hope you all had a great Christmas Day yesterday. We're happy to have our family with us this weekend. Um, hope you're able to spend some time with family as well. Our passage for this morning is Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Um, and the title for this message and this passage is Christ the Faithful Son. Um, and we're going to talk about how Jesus is greater than Moses. Before we dive in, uh, let's pray and ask God to help us as we look at this passage. Father, we thank you so much for, again, this opportunity this morning to gather together, uh, to remember your son this morning, and now to look at your word. Uh, we thank you for um, giving us your word uh, to teach us about you. And in this passage we're about to read, um, you tell us to consider Jesus. And that's what we're here to do this morning. And we ask that you would um, open our hearts and our minds and um, that your spirit would work in us um, to help us consider Jesus this morning. And so we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if you're not already there, uh, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3. And again, we're going to start at verse 1 and read through verse 6 of chapter 3 of Hebrews. <clears throat> so, starting at verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. Verse 4, For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house, if indeed we hold fast to our confidence and our boasting in our hope. So that's the passage for this morning. Um, in a minute, I'm going to do a bit of a recap on what we've looked at so far in Hebrews. But before I do that, um, the main points that I want to talk about and communicate today for our passage are, number one, consider Jesus. And we'll look at verses one and two for that. Uh, second point, uh, Jesus is worthy of more glory than Moses. And we'll see that in verses three to five. And then thirdly, Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. Um, and that's 
Uh, we find that in verse 6 and kind of throughout this passage. So before we get into the passage for today, a quick background. So in our study of Hebrews so far, we've already established that Jesus is greater than the prophets, he's greater than the angels, and he is the founder of our salvation. Two weeks ago, we had a great Christmas program here uh, where we focused our minds on Jesus coming to earth and uh, Jesus' birth, which was an act of extreme humility. Uh, we talked about that this morning. However, we were reminded last week in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17, and Rich also uh, read verse 17 of Hebrews 2 this morning, that Jesus had to be made like his brothers in every respect. Let's just read that part of Hebrews chapter 2 again for context uh, and to remind us why he had to become human, starting at verse 17. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So rereading those verses in Hebrews 2 helps to guide us into understanding the therefore at the start of chapter 3. Um, just to bring that all together for context. The author of Hebrews explained Jesus' qualifications as the perfect founder of our salvation in Hebrews chapter 2. And so now that we understand his qualification, we are told in chapter 3 verse 1, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. So that brings us to the first section of our passage for today, uh, verses 1 and 2, which I'm calling Consider Jesus. So again, keeping in mind what we've read so far in Hebrews, the fact that Jesus stooped as low as he did, that he sacrificed as much as he did, and that he loves us as much as he does, should naturally drive us to consider him. Uh, and while this should be a natural response, we can only fully consider Jesus in the way that we're meant to consider him through the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. Additionally, this phrase, consider Jesus, in this verse is a command and implies that this is an intentional act on our part. So this consideration will draw us closer to Christ and allow us to be filled with more of the Holy Spirit, which will in turn teach us to consider Jesus better. So how should we consider Jesus? Um, we're told to consider Jesus as the apostle and high priest of our confession. Matthew Henry gives us some guidance on how we should consider Jesus. Uh, he says in his commentary, Christ is to be considered as the apostle of our profession, the messenger sent by God to men, the great revealer of that faith which we possess to hold, and of that hope which we profess to have. As Christ the Messiah, anointed for the office both of apostle and high priest, as Jesus, our Savior, our healer, our great physician of our souls, consider him thus. Consider what he is in himself, what he is to us, and what he will be to us hereafter and forever. Close, I really like this last sentence here. Close and serious thoughts of Christ bring us to know more of him. Close and serious thoughts of Christ bring us to know more of him. 
That's the goal, and that's the call to action for this passage. Consider Jesus. Think about him closely and seriously, and then draw closer to him and know more of him through the process. Uh, So in this passage, Jesus is called the apostle and high priest of our confession. And when I first started considering this passage myself, I felt like apostle was a strange word to describe Jesus. I don't know if you felt that way when you read it. Um, When I hear the word apostle, I usually think of the 12 disciples. That's just kind of where my brain goes. Um, However, the word apostle simply means one sent forth. And that makes perfect sense to say about Jesus. He was sent forth by God. um, And that's what we've been celebrating um, through Christmas of how God sent his son to this earth. Um, Before we move on to the next section, I don't want to skip past this phrase at the beginning of the verse uh, that says, Holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling. Um, That phrase, I think, does two things. First, it reminds us who this book is written to, the church, the called out ones, those who have been made holy by accepting Christ as their Savior. And secondly, this phrase reminds us who we are in Christ. We are set apart and our calling is heavenly. We are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be saints according to 1 Corinthians 1-2. We are made worthy of this calling by our high priest Jesus who knows us, loves us, sacrificed himself for us, and intercedes for us today. In Hebrews 3, verse 2, we see that Jesus displayed his ability and competence by being faithful to the one who sent him, the one who appointed him and sent him forth as an apostle and appointed him as high priest of our confession as God, his Father. The author compares Jesus' faithfulness as similar to Moses' faithfulness in all God's house. And this brings us to our next section, which is called Jesus Greater Than Moses. So this is in verses 3 to 5. Before we start to compare Jesus' faithfulness and glory to Moses, it helps if we review what Moses was faithful in and why he is worthy of any glory that he may be worthy of. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 to 28, tells us about Moses' faithfulness. And I'm sure we're going to dive deeper into that passage in another message later in this series. But at a high level, uh, according to that passage, Moses listened to God. He obeyed God. He refused association with Pharaoh. He identified with the people of God. He denied himself the fleeting pleasures of sin. And he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood of a lamb so that the firstborn would not be destroyed. Now these acts of obedience and faith are all honorable and worthy of some measure of glory. However, any glory that Moses had fades in comparison with Christ's glory. We have a great demonstration of this more excellent glory that Christ has uh, at the Transfiguration. Uh, So the account of the transfiguration is recorded in a couple places, but it's recorded in Luke chapter 9. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read the passage um, just as a reminder. So Luke 9 and starting at verse 28. Now about eight days after these things, he took with him Peter 
and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Um, just a quick note there, that word for glory in verse 31 is the same Greek word uh, that we're talking about in Hebrews chapter 3. Um, so continuing in verse 32 of Luke 9. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Verse 33, And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. I think that's kind of funny that the author, that Luke threw that in there. Like, obviously, Peter had no idea what he was saying when he said that, not knowing what he said. Cut him some slack. He didn't know what he was talking about. Um, so this, this passage in Luke um, so far gives us a glimpse into what a typical... Hebrew response to interacting with Jesus might have been. Um, and I think that helps us in understanding this passage in Hebrews, because that was written to Hebrews um, and to Hebrew believers. Um, so Peter had spent a lot of hours with Jesus, but he clearly didn't view Jesus highly enough. And he also viewed Moses and Elijah too highly. He needed a change in perspective. Um, and he gets that change in perspective, continuing in verse 34 of Luke 9. Uh, as he was saying these things, as Peter was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. So God makes it very clear that Jesus is his chosen one. His chosen one, not his chosen three, his chosen one. And that he should be the one that we listen to. So Moses' faithfulness was a testimony, a witness, and prophecy of the things that were to be spoken of later. Um, so that brings us to our next section, and this is where we'll spend most of our time. Uh, and this is, Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, as the son. Uh, and this is Hebrews 3, verse 6. So I found this interesting. Verse 6 in Hebrews 3 is the first use of the name Christ in the book of Hebrews up to this point. Before this point in the book, Jesus has been referred to as the son and Jesus, um, but I feel like this use of the name Christ here draws attention to the fact that Jesus is the anointed one, the chosen one, the Messiah. Um, Vine's dictionary tells us that the word Messiah was used in the Old Testament to refer to priests who are anointed with the holy oil, especially the high priests. The Old Testament word for Christ was used to refer to prophets as the anointed of God and sometimes kings of Israel in the sense of the anointed of the Lord. The word for Christ or Messiah refers to the anointed ones. There were three positions in the Old Testament that were anointed positions, as prophets, priests, and kings. 
the people in these offices could only act in the position they were appointed to, and bad things usually happened if they tried to perform responsibilities of the other positions. For example, when Saul tried to act as a priest, or when Aaron made an executive and spiritual decision about worship with the whole golden calf situation, things didn't turn out very well. Moses was a prophet, but not a priest or a king, and could only carry out the responsibilities of a prophet. Jesus, on the other hand, has been anointed as all three, prophet, priest, and king, forever. Moses was faithful in his obedience, but Jesus tells us in John 5, 19, that the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. And again in John 8, 29, Jesus says, I always do the things that are pleasing to him. So let's get into some more contrast between Moses and Jesus. Um, one contrast we can look at is um, Moses and Jesus' position. So something I didn't notice the first time I read through this passage um, was the contrast between verses 5 and 6, between the words was and is, and between the words in and over. So let me read this again to... Um, show you what I'm talking about in verse 5. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken of later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. Um, and I think those choices of words are very intentional um, and helps explain where Moses falls and where he should fall in our minds and where Christ falls in our minds. He is over God's house. Um, to the Hebrews, Moses may have seemed like he was over the house of Israel to some extent as a great prophet and through the laws that God gave to Israel through Moses. The author is communicating here that Moses was only a servant in God's house. Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. The authority of God's house has always belonged to Christ, not Moses. The next comparison we can look at is uh, we can compare Moses' actions with Jesus' actions to see how Jesus is far superior to Moses um, in his actions. So again, based on Hebrews 11, Moses listened to God, but Jesus is God. Moses obeyed God. Jesus only does those things that are pleasing to the Father and what he sees the Father doing. Moses refused association with Pharaoh, but Jesus' kingdom is not even of this world. Moses identified with the people of God, but again, Jesus is God. He's the last Adam, and he is the archetype of the new humanity. Moses denied himself of the fleeting pleasures of sin, Jesus never knew sin. Moses kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood of a lamb so that the firstborn would not be destroyed. But Jesus is the promised lamb of God. He shed his own blood to take away the sin of the whole world and save the world. Um, in Hebrews 1, my dad talked about Hebrews 1 this morning, uh, about how Jesus purged our sin. Um, the law that was given to Moses that he passed to the people could cover sin, but Jesus purges our sin permanently. 
So through all these comparisons, we can clearly see that Jesus is far superior to Moses. One final thought about Christ's faithfulness over God's house. We read that Christ is faithful over God's house. And then we read that we are God's house. So that means that Christ is faithful over us. This thought made the passage a lot more personal to me. Christ will never let us down, he'll never betray us, and he will never be unfaithful in his authority over us. Um, hopefully that makes this passage uh, more special and personal to you as well. Um, <clears throat> the, next, the last topic I want to talk about here is in Hebrews 3.6, this idea of holding fast. Uh, so again, Hebrews 3.6 says, And we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. So I see this as descriptive, not necessarily prescriptive. Um, and this is evidence, not prerequisites. This is not a to-do, it's a ta-da. Um, again, this is only possible through the work of Christ and the Holy Spirit in us. But this is a good reminder to those of us who are Christ and are part of his house we should be holding fast or clinging to our confidence and our boasting and our hope. Um, this is, again, kind of evidence of what has already occurred in our lives. So, in conclusion, uh, the points we talked about this morning are, first, consider Jesus. Uh, secondly, we looked at how Jesus is worthy of more glory than Moses. And thirdly, Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. I'd like to leave you with this quote from Matthew Henry, which I think sums up this whole passage really nicely. He says, The Jews had a high opinion of the faithfulness of Moses, yet his faithfulness was but a type of Christ. Christ was the master of this house, of his church, his people, as well as their maker. Moses was a faithful servant. Christ, as the eternal Son of God, is rightful owner and sovereign ruler of the church. There must not only be setting out well in the ways of Christ, but steadfastness in, and perseverance therein to the end. Every meditation on his person and his salvation will suggest more wisdom, new motives to love, confidence, and obedience. Let's close in prayer. Father, again, thank you so much for this opportunity this morning to gather and study your word. Um, we do pray that you would help us to consider Jesus. Thank you that he is the apostle uh, of our confession, the one that you sent, uh, that he is the high priest, our intermediary, uh, our intercessor. And thank you that he is more faithful and more glorious than Moses, more excellent than any prophet, priest, or king, that the world has ever known. And we pray that you would help us to consider, to help us continue to consider Jesus and to hold fast to him uh, and hold fast to the confidence and the hope that we have in him. Um, we again um, commit this time to you and we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen.